Welcome to Governmental Astrology. I'm Linda Rowe. Today is the 1st of December 2019, and this is the first part of Episode 6. In today's podcast, I'm going to take a moment to discuss a belief that I see around me today. I want to discuss how older adults view younger adults, and specifically, I want to discuss how people my age look at the generation known as millennials. Millennials are people who were born between 1981 and 1996. This is an odd assortment of years. The truth is that a person who was born in 1981 has very little in common with someone who was born in 1996. And yet we older adults care very little about this, or at least the older adults that I've seen making negative comments about millennials care little about when someone was born. They just throw out comments about millennials. So to begin with, the people who were born in 1983, uh, two years after 1981, obviously, they experienced a near conjunction of Saturn and Pluto. And then... Pluto entered Scorpio later on in 1983 uh, before it began retrograding and then it re-entered Scorpio a second time uh, later in 1984. Pluto then remained in Scorpio for the rest of the time frame for the people that we call millennials. I've given a cursory glance at the planets for the people who are millennials, and let me just say that none of these people seem to have easy configurations in their birth charts. Many millennials have Neptune opposing their sun, and some of them have a close connection between Neptune and Uranus. Having Pluto and Scorpio gives millennials an interesting task in this world. And let me tell you what I know about Scorpio. What you are right now does not have any bearing on what you will become. Scorpio has an ability to change. Scorpio has an ability to go deeply into themselves, into the human psyche, into healing this world. So you can look at millennials, but you have no idea what path they are on just by looking at them. And let me say this another way. Scorpio may have one of the deepest abilities to mature, a deeper and a greater ability to mature than nearly any other astrological sign. And what I want to talk about is mature adults, uh, those who believe themselves to be mature, uh, who speak badly of millennials. And I've heard people speaking badly of millennials for a number of years. This isn't anything new by any means. I used to hear people speaking badly of the hippies. The hippies didn't do anything right, according to the mature adults of those times. I used to hear quite a bit about hippies and how awful they were. My parents hated the hippies, and they thought that hippies were a sure sign that society was going to hell. But what people said about the hippies is... 
to a lesser extent true about what I heard people saying about baby boomers later on. And then what I heard people saying about my own generation, the Generation Xers. But today, what I'm hearing has an edge to it. What, what people say about millennials. It has an edge to it. I went to a, a it was an Asian conference. Uh, it was a conference that was meant to support Asians in business. And I was there as a real estate agent. Um, and I was invited by a friend of mine. But when the afternoon session came up and it was dedicated solely to what to do with millennials, I was very upset. A young woman had to actually stand up in front of everybody and defend herself and other millennials. It was an astonishing afternoon. So here's what I hear people saying about millennials. I hear people saying that Millennials don't want to be adults, that they always have their noses in their phones, and they're self-absorbed. There are other comments, I'm sure, but they're all along these lines somehow. My own experience with millennials comes from being a teacher. I began teaching in 1991, and when I started teaching, my students were not millennials. They were the generation before. I don't even know the name of that generation. Um, I stopped teaching in 1998 after the birth of my eldest daughter. I remember looking forward to what was coming in education as I was leaving. And I could see the, the big changes coming. Um, on the horizon at that time was the No Child Left Behind Act that was passed by Congress in 2001. Um, no Child Left Behind changed everything about education. No Child Left Behind created standards as the end-all, be-all of education. Today, everywhere you turn in education, you'll find standards. And from the very moment a child begins school, they are compared in ruthless ways to these standards. If you can't pass a standard, you fail. If you don't measure up, you fail. Even if you do well in a standard, there is an understanding that other standards will come and you might not pass those standards. The students in our educational system are subjected to exams and tests that have no bearing on what's going on in the classroom. When the nationalized exams began, um, there would be a question or two every year that was written incorrectly. And I was substituting at that time. I, I came back into teaching to um, supplement my stay-at-home status as a mom, but uh, as a substitute, uh, we teachers, I saw this, we would have to state that, for instance, uh, students number 35, question number 35, has an error in it. Instead of choosing any of the answers provided in your test booklet, please look up here uh, to the blackboard and I'll give you the corrected choices. And then we would write up um, number 35, the question and the answers. So when the students got to number 35, uh, 
they had to look up on the board, and then 36, they could go back into their test booklets and keep reading along in the test. Later on, uh, we were, I was told that um, if a student threw up on the test, their test booklet that they were doing the answers in, uh, that I was going to have to recopy the test. And I remember the assistant principal who was explaining this to me uh, when she was doing it in my mind, I pictured myself picking up the test by the edges. Remember it's covered by vomit. And I placed it on the, in my mind on the copy machine to make a copy. And then I thought, well, gosh, how am I going to clean up the copy machine? Cause it's got vomit all over it now. And I was tell I was talking with a friend of mine and she told me, uh, no, Linda, you're going to have to copy the entire test by hand into a new booklet. Uh, and I asked her, how do you, how do they know that I haven't changed any of the answers when I'm supposedly copying uh, this kid's questions by hand into a new booklet? Uh, and she said, oh, you're going to put the, the test that's covered by vomit, you're going to put that into a plastic bag and attach it to the new test. <laughs> Uh, 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 all I could think was, oh, no, I am not copying any tests that have vomit on them. And so I asked my friend, well, how many kids actually throw up on tests? And she said, a lot. Uh, another time in a different school, I was still a substitute, uh, I heard a teacher in the next room passionately telling the kids that the upcoming standardized, standardized test was a matter of life and death. Life and death, I asked her when she came out of her room. I don't think so. But after all these years, I'm beginning to agree more and more with that teacher. The standardized tests are a matter of life and death for many students. And the standardized tests have meant the end of many teaching careers, whether by choice or because some administrator saw it as their job to let a teacher go. This brings up one other thing that I've heard people say about millennials. I've heard people chastise them or make fun of them because they received ribbons for participating in everything when they were young. I've heard people say things, they receive ribbons for everything, even when they don't win. The ribbon tells you that you're an important person. People are making fun. These people often continue. In my day, we received ribbons when we won. The rest of us didn't receive anything, and we were better off for it. They, they, these people say that they don't have to get something for everything that they do. First off, let me, let me just say that um, I'm not exactly sure why we're chastising or making fun of millennials for having been the recipients of those ribbons. They didn't ask for them. They didn't ask to participate in the competitions. We're the ones who gave them the ribbons. We're the ones that asked them to participate in the, in the competitions. So why not chastise us? Let me tell you why. When I was a kid, uh, I did participate in competitions. It is true. And it's true that I almost never won any of those competitions. I played on a basketball team when I was little, and we were horrible. <clears throat> Nobody cared. 
I ran track for years and never won a single event. Nobody cared. And we even participated in standardized testing when I was a kid. Our test was the Iowa test of basic skills. It took two days out of our schedule, and most of that was bubbling in our name, as I remember. But anyone who compares my basketball team of old and anyone who thinks the Iowa test of basic skills is the same type of standardized test that the Common Core and the Park are today has absolutely no idea of what is really happening in education. Do you remember the Inquisition? It began in the 12th century. Do you think the Inquisition ever ended? It did not. It is alive and well in our educational system today. Today we have what is called data-driven instruction. Basically, the standardized exams, together with the actions of the public school administration, watch your child and take data on everything they do. Better said, they take data on everything that your child cannot do, and then they use that data to measure your child up with every other child in the U.S. The goal is always to measure up everything, always measure up past the standard. If you don't, you're a failure. The threat is always present. It is always being leveled against someone in education today. You're a failure. And this is the milieu that our children grew up in. This was the childhood of the millennials. And if that wasn't bad enough, when they became adults, they found out that they couldn't afford a college education. They found out that the adults didn't really care if they couldn't do anything about the situation. And moreover, the millennials found out that they weren't being welcomed into adulthood and that few people really wanted to hire them. Wow, this seems like a recipe for disaster to me. A bunch of older adults who don't like their children and who have, in many ways, turned on them, I would say, viciously or violently because that is how I have experienced the educational system of today. It is a vicious, violent system where many of our young people are languishing. And we don't care. We make fun of them. Guess who wins when there's a battle between young and old? Do you think the old win? Think again. We need older adults to begin to be receptive to young people. Listen to them. Hear them. This system that has been created is in need of change. And we adults, and that includes millennials, we adults are the ones who must change the system. The days of viciousness and violence are over if we say they are over. But for the violence to be put to rest, we all must engage. And uh, so today... That's it for the Millennials for part one. I thank you, and I'll be back um, with part two, uh, the planet Mercury. So thank you very much.